My name is Jack Outway. And I'm Jay Outway. And we welcome you back to another episode of Like Dragon, Like Sun, the weekly D&D podcast led by a father and son duo. That's me and you. Me and you. You and I. And we are we are stepping on tripwires. Yep. We're setting this trap off. Uh, this week we are talking about traps. Traps are, are everywhere in D&D. In our um, lives. <laughs> uh they're in every book uh every reference book that's sort of come out um well some what's well, some in the of the DMs. main ones it's in the dm's guide it's in xanathar's PHB. it's in tasha's it's in van richten's uh yeah player's handbook sure. mentions it it's kind of everywhere and even uh it's in a lot of places wizards yeah. of the coast in their recent contest to find the world's greatest dungeon master uh whatever that means their first test uh, was really, a, hey, design design a trap for us that we've never seen that's really super cool. Uh, we've yet to see the results of that. Uh, we should be coming out uh, for D&D Live. Uh, when is weeks, that? A couple weeks' time. July, I want to say 17th, uh, 18th, something like that. Mm. Um, more about that uh, probably as we get a bit closer to it. We will see what we can do to get involved with that. Um, and then every week after that, they're going to winnow down like the, it's like, you know, every week somebody's going to get voted off the dungeon mm. or whatever. <laughs> um, anyways, so, so the first one was, uh, was traps and it got me kind of thinking, I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm out of contention as the world's greatest dungeon master. Cause immediately traps, no, no traps just spring to my mind. Um, but then, but then we started looking around a little bit and I started re- remembering, Oh yeah, there's like there's a lot of like actual help out there for building traps. Yeah, there's uh, the books are <laughs> not f- rules but guidance. The bo- books are full of all sorts thing. of ideas and suggestions and sure. things. And then and then we started to like you know spitball some ideas of well, what if we did this? We did that, and I'm like, oh, actually, maybe, maybe just maybe, hmm. I do actually know how to make traps. And actually, I oh. think I subconsciously do them and put them in more than I think I do. I just don't make these elaborate ones with pressure plates that shoot poison needles at you. <laughs> or that's elaborate or whether that's just cliche. Yeah. Um, I think that's in my mind, like when you, somebody says trap, I'm thinking, oh, it's a, you know, a tripwire that sets off a, a large blade that comes swinging out of the wall or. Yeah, like Indiana Jones. Yeah, or Indiana Jones yeah. for you. Oh, I've moved the statue and suddenly a big rolling ball is chasing us down the hallway. Um, mm. A rolling boulder. Um I guess, I guess those are traps uh, that exist in the game. Sure, but uh, but I guess we're gonna kind of look at we're gonna look at some more subtle or clever or interesting ways to sort of think about building your own. Sure, um, or the ways that these books suggest, which many people don't look over or don't even sure. consider. You know, like something else I wanted to touch on maybe before we dig into that a little bit though is that you know there is a a long history. Mm. of traps in D&D. It's sort of sure. part of the culture 
So oh. is everything, you know, or spells or... Yeah, I guess, but... I guess, but I mean, I think some people out there might think, oh, well, you know, why should I use a trap or a puzzle? Um, I kind of old school. It, it Maybe, but I think it's part It kind of makes me think like, you oh, you school, failed, like you didn't everywhere. think hard enough, so now you're all dead. It's like, there's no real <laughs> skill, there's no, it's just... Well, that's what we want to avoid. We want to avoid a trap that it's like, okay... This isn't, there's no character skill in this. It's just about players. And if the players aren't good enough, then they're all dead. Definitely don't want to do that. Mm. It's definitely got to have PCs, right? But that's kind of what the OSR vibe is, no? Is that you have no way of seeing this except if you're being ultra, oops, uber super cautious and therefore your character dies. Uh, yeah, everybody should have a 10-foot pole and be poking around at everything. Which is also something we want to avoid. I think it even sort of has a disclaimer like, put enough traps where it's like kind of fun or that there's some like you can catch people by surprise but don't put so many in that everyone yeah. is now I mean, searching I, every single honestly, corner with a, and i think i mean i think they should be they should be purposeful they should be in a place sure. that, where it makes sense that there would be a trap yeah and i mean okay so sometimes a dungeon crawl in terms of exploration you know there's treasure at the end of it and guarding that treasure will be traps and beasts and we're not doing role play. We're just basically going to be finding our way through the hallways mm. uh, and getting to where it is. And, you know, hallway by hallway, room by room, we we clear the dungeon. Sure. And, and I think many people think to separate the idea of beasts and traps. But there was a an argument made to very much so combine them. Yeah. Combat. Yeah. I mean, we have an episode called Panda PvP. Not yeah. what you think. <laughs> But it sort of talks about including environmental hazards or general gimmicks. Right. Or we were talking about how you make an arena for people doing, if, you, if, if your friends wanted to play player versus player, mm. how to make a an environment that was also kind of attacking them. Or, sure. But there's no reason that can apply in regular D&D either. Well, that's just it. That's the, I think in a lot of ways, that's the, the whole essence of a trap is that it doesn't have to be it, it really, the word trap might even be a bit of a misnomer, right? It might really be better, you know, described as environmental hazards or sure. something, some way that the room or world or space you're in somehow is fighting you, right? That it becomes Well, the fine trap the... spell would argue different. <laughs> yeah, look, fine traps is second level cleric spell, right? Probably one of second the dumber, level bad spell. dumber ones in the game. Well, the way it's written... Uh, it, again, it almost harkens back to this time where, you know, early editions of Dungeons and Dragons didn't have much in the way of your ability to locate traps, right? right. It was like the thief had a percentile thief class, wasn't rogue, it was thieves. And thieves had this ability to find traps, I think probably starting at third level or something. And and they could their percentage would sort of go up um, as they sort of got better at it, hmm. um, and it sort of gave them like another reason to be in the party. It's like, oh well, we'll let the thief roll, you know, see if they can they can find any traps. Yeah. And I think the idea was that there were so many traps sort of back then that everybody would be kind of looking for traps, but we didn't have skill checks and we didn't have things sort of set up the way they are now, where you just like, oh, I'm gonna run an investigation check, or whatever and you know uh, then it was really you know it was so much more of a description sort of thing listen to mm. what the dm's describing and try to figure it out and it was i mean i think it was the time of 
you know, battle of wits at the table. And I, I think it actually led to a lot of arguments and fights, frankly. Yeah. Um, I think the, the way that we've got it going now is much better. I think the idea that right. you set up triggers and effects and you find ways that rogues can, or anybody <laughs> wants to make an investigation check. I think you say rogue. <laughs> um, can sort of get, can figure that out. But it, also there's other ways to do it. And I think, okay, find traps. Find traps, in my estimation as a DM, if you cast it, it's an automatic investigation check success. Right. right? For you your get, second level spell slot. You, you're going to find out. And I'm going to tell you other things about it, too. Like, I'm going to tell you if if it's magical, right? Like, just as if you'd cast Detect Magic or something, I'll say, oh, yeah, you found, you you see there's a glyph of warding and that there's, you know, that there's some sort of magical component to this or that there's, uh, you know, an alarm spell or, I mean, and those things are mentioned in it. But I'm going to be really upfront and clear about if there's that or some sort of other magics involved. Um, or even use the magic to hint at what potential fire damage might sure. be coming at you. Um, some evocation going on or things right. like that to sort of give you just a lot more hints and clues. Um, I think how to a, avoid it, and or solve. It's a second level spell slot. Yeah. T- point out where sure. pl- um, pressure plates are. Point out, you know, that... Again, but this is not what the spell does. This is what you have... To I make know, it better, I, say it can do. Exactly. I, but the thing is, like, otherwise, it's like, yep, within 120 feet of you, somewhere that you could yep, potentially see, see, there's a trap. But that's all I'm going to tell you. And it's probably going to burn you alive. And you go, okay. Um, and I think that's, like, rubbish. I don't think that helps move the story or the game forward in any way. Yeah. A DM who's, like... Stingy with details. Who's just, like, just sitting there waiting for everybody to walk into the trap so they can roll damage on everybody is, it's just isn't playing D&D. That's just, it's just meat grinder. They're not helping their players. They're just, yeah, they're just there to kill them, which, I mean, look, you can just have, a, people, have the dungeon but... cave in and all the rocks collapse on them and then, you know, I don't know. But that's not for... as fun as me watching them struggle and get mad at me. <laughs> Slowly. Um, yeah, I, but I think what we want to see with a trap is we want to see, I mean, I like I like traps that are progressive, that's like start off sure it's not so bad and then you're like "Uh uh-oh this thing's like getting worse and accelerating and Mm. that sort of creates a sense of tension sense of like urgency gets everybody kind of moving um running around yelling and there's ways there's fun ways to do this you can either do it in a like initiative order type setup or you can just set a you can set a hourglass on the the table um you know a couple minutes of sand running out um and have everybody frantically trying to to sort things out there's fun ways to to sort of do it that let's player agency still be a big thing right let everybody have some fun Mm, exactly i mean like you said the idea of initiative this could even be intertwined with combat or some sort of monsters whether they are part of the trap or are separate to it you know is the trap designed to hurt them or is it not you know can the such a creature breathe underwater or whatever circumstance right or under this gas or is immune or like incorporeal or whatever that might prevent it from being harmed from the trap or is it also vulnerable to this trap and you're both in it together where you're fighting it on one another but there's also this blade that keeps cutting up all of you you know and so are you ready to maybe explore what some of these traps could look like (laughs) yes let's like let's talk about some traps Okay, let's talk about it. 
so I think first we start off in where many DMs should start when thinking about something like this right. in I, the I'm, DMG. If I'm exploring traps, you know I'm using a 10-foot pole, right? <laughs> and and right. for those of you who have listened to a previous podcast, if you want cheap uh, or missed the previous ones where we discussed how back in advanced D&D you could make uh, get cheaper 10-foot poles by buying a ladder and breaking it in, in two. But, mm. And um, you've also got a bunch of wands. I mean, it's, it, that's how bad traps were back in the day. People were literally, every everybody seemed to walk around with a 10-foot pole just because otherwise you died. Exactly. But we've advanced since then, and there are now, there's now something called Mage Hand. <laughs> so you don't need any pesky 10-foot poles. So you just use your Mage you Hand to poke around at everything. Absolutely. What else is Mage Hand for? Getting the keys off the guard when you're trapped in the cell. What am I, a, a arcane trickster? Um, poking away at things. Speaking away, speaking about poking away at things, it's like one of those uh, Brian Foster type transitions where he just goes off of it. Speaking of poking things, there are two kinds of traps as described by the DMG. There is mechanical traps, which include things like pits, arrow traps, falling blocks, water-filled rooms, whirring blades, and anything else that depends on a mechanism to operate. And alternatively, magic traps are either magical device traps or spell traps. Um, essentially, magical device traps initiate spells, and spell traps are spells such as that are literally just the spell, which is like a glyph of warding, etc. A magical device trap, when you get near it, may just cast suggestion on you to leave. You know, might not even be harmful. I mean, that's something to remember as well. Traps don't always hurt you physically, slice you up, yeah. drown you kill you and that also talks about they could charm you they could frighten trap. you they could petrify you mm, i believe xanathar's details okay so what, what's the reason for this trap right i'm yeah. actually not sure where hold on let me so yeah so some of the, the best resources i think are in yeah. xanathar's it's mm. it goes much deeper than the dmg does yeah uh, ta- so here's a little bit about designing simple traps in xanathar's and it essentially the first thing is what's its purpose, right? Right. Alarm to maybe, you know, alert people that why that someone's here with this trap, sure. you know, rather than actually hurt someone. And instead, just an alarm goes off telling everyone that oh, someone is here. Send monsters. Delay is to specifically, you know, maybe injure or you know, whittle down, you know, or or, or spend time or keep the party at bay from a certain destination, not necessarily to kill them, but to deter them or weaken them so that when there is a final battle, potentially, you know. I mean, from that's more of a, a DM standpoint. Delay is, in, in here, it says, some traps are designed to slow down enemies, giving a dungeon inhabitants time to mount a defense or flee. So essentially, it's like, oh, boom, the alarm went off. Now we use these traps to delay you. I imagine a kobold lair any time we think about traps like this, where they've got the first alarm and then like, all right arm the defenses arm the kobold cannons and then as the party's still trudging through that we set off the alarm they are delayed with all sorts of pit traps and collapsing walls and port cutlasses and things that prevent them from moving and like little bear traps i also i also sort of think i put together in my mind sometimes traps and puzzles confusion right Mm. so 
they're designed to sort out those who... Well, that's a very different... Oh, those, it's a puzzle. Yeah, and, and I think some traps are puzzles, or some puzzles are trapped. I don't know sure. which way you want to look at it, but you enter into a space that if you know the path through the space, mm. no harm becomes you. Right. There's right? many puzzles so like that So is there a, you know, there's a wizard or there's a lich or there's somebody who lives in this place who moves through this space effortlessly because they know the right path. Or because they have the, the adventurers stumble through... And take a direct line and, of course, trigger things and get stuff set off. Sure. It's also having to understand that how precarious is it to move through this space if I'm the occupant and I want to come here and go other places. Do Every time, do I have to avoid all the traps? Or do, is that not a big deal to me? Am I a little kobold that can right. doesn't set off all the I mean, pressure I've, plates? I've, or... done things, I've also done things where you know, the, the trap isn't necessarily even sort of that intentional. Um, right. PCs that are exploring an old tower, trying to find magical pieces uh, that are in the tower. Um, you know, the stairs. Uh, Absolutely. And and this is where also where the fine trap spell fails. Fails because yeah, it's not supposed notice. to tell you, oh, well, it's yeah. weakened floorboards. But if I'm using weakened floorboards as a trap like element in, you know, the encounter that evening that uh, you know, everybody's going through, that, yeah, they should. I mean, they should say, you know, you cast that spell and you're like, yeah, if we go up the stairs, the floor is weak. Mm. Um, we should stick to the sides. And, you know, things like that allow them to roll with advantage on their deck saves. And I would do things like that to try and, I mm. mean, if they're going to do that. Or if somebody does an investigation check of the sure. the stairs, they would see. And But, you know, I think it's different, like, when people are exploring that they're not they're not always just, like all right, I search for traps or I look for traps. I have played games with people who have obviously been deeply traumatized by DMs who over-trapped them in the past, mm. who every single hallway, they're like, wait. And they approach it with, again, that enormous amount of caution and often start getting everybody else in the party all freaked out. And the play just grinds slow at that point. You're just like, okay, this is taking going to take an hour just to get down this hallway. Um, and you don't really want that. You want... Sure. I hardly ever use traps, if I'm being honest. I can't remember a time where I've ever used a trap as a DM. Well, now's the time. Yeah. Maybe today Boom. will inspire you. All right. And, and inspire those out there, maybe, who are wondering... If you're listening, the traps will be here, here, here. <laughs> uh, where to do it. So, yeah. I mean, for me, like traps can often be environmental hazards. Traps sure. might be uh, something as simple as green slime dripping on you. Yeah, that's a dungeon hazard by definition, but yeah. sure, why not? Still um, a trap, why not? But yeah, and I know these traps are often saying, okay, one of the defining factors on it is a trigger. Right. But that trigger is walking underneath something or is stepping on something, mm. you know? So in many ways, if the players miss the, the clues, and that's the most important thing about traps as well, everybody, the very first step before you spring a trap on people. Just give a little clue. Tiniest amount of foreshadowing. There should be something that people see. Sure. That I mean, even the setting can be foreshadowing, for yeah. God's sake, you know? Like, people expect, like, an ancient jungle, jungle temple might probably have a little trap in it somewhere, you know? Yeah. And so, oh, and seemingly empty hallway. Even that word seemingly there is mm. like, why look for traps, you know? Or like, yeah. like well... I don't know. I mean, telegraph it a little sure. bit, you know. Uh, How well hidden were these traps? Think 
again, is a kobold a master at disguise? Probably not. It, it, I I like the ones also where you you know you come down the set of stairs and you and pass, turn. Think about passive perception as well. And you see a couple of skeletons, uh, dead sure. dead bodies, um, been there for a long Immediately, time. Immediately, I think those skeletons are going to come to life. If you've ever been to a haunted house <laughs> and you see a skeleton in the corner, well, we'll talk about haunted traps in a second. But typically, it's like I'm basically telling you the last guys who came in here are dead on the floor in front of you, and. At that point, you there should be asking be yourself, no struggle. Yeah. why are they dead on the floor in front of me? Yeah, um, that's actually a good point. And at that point, you should be like, okay, wait, why are there skeletons? And yet you're you're like, wait, they, prepare to turn undead. <laughs> well, I think the skeletons are going to jump up at me. Um, instead, though, you could be casting fine traps. <laughs> I cast fairy fire, far better spell. Yeah, so... Tell me about this idea. You mentioned this to me yesterday. So, well, okay, so I've I've I'll designed a really trap, super but... trapped hallway. Okay. And you are going it, to get past there it. There needs to be a couple of, of prerequisites. It works best with things like tripwires, that sort of idea. Right. Because the concept is fairy fire lights all objects in the cube that you right. essentially put it on with bright We green, often don't blue, think that. We violet, often just flames. think Creatures, uh, yeah. the creatures advantage, but they, it outlines all it, objects they move, as well. Once they move out of that cube, they still stay lit. Sure, anything in the cube, it's it's just like you think you put fire on everything. The fire can now move. It's it's just highlighted. Well, if you pick sure. up the if, so if it's on a say a, a a magical urn in the middle of the room, and somebody picks up the urn and moves it, that and urn that urn is still, still blowing. Yeah, so if, exactly. even if you set it in an well, you're still a, concentrating on the in spell a, in yes. a dark closet someplace, it's still glowing. Sure. Yeah, giving off a little bit of dim light. But the dim light, while technically important, is not the main thing. It's that all those tiny little tripwires are now little glowing blue threads in the air. Like, if you've ever seen, like, a Mission Impossible movie or something where they, like, blow dust in the air. Yeah. And it, like, shows all of the little laser beams. So it's, it's sort like of that. like that for tripwires. Interesting. Is the idea. All right. Well, that's a good spell idea to steal. Yeah. So use that if you will. See if your dam allows it. Probably won't work with like pressure plates or like faulty stairs. But yeah, but if it's things that require a perception check, a high perception check to see, maybe it's true. And not all people have fairy now fire. Everybody's going to have maybe advantage on seeing those. Yes, those trip wires or something. Exactly. Again, mage hand is the ultimate spell, but fairy fire, if you don't have mage hand, is a good well, second. Mage hand and the, and the ten foot pole idea is essentially, or. You know, if you've got a lot of I disposable poke henchmen. I poke, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, send unseen an unseen servant. servant as well if it requires um, a creature to set and off. And, yeah, if you just want somebody to go in and spring the trap. Or you're familiar well, if you're that That's also evil. sort of suggesting, though, that if the trap is sprung, then everybody else can move through safely. But sometimes springing a trap is like, oh, well, we just broke the bridge now. Or now you uh, know that there is a trap there. Yeah. You know, and at least we didn't fall for the trap. We have to think about another solution now, whatever better than us being suddenly thrust into danger for no reason. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Anyways, other reasons for traps to exist. Restraining people, like little pitfalls or, you know, nets, things that aren't necessarily to harm you but to restrain you so that when people do come over they can poke at you or like the Ewoks. Exactly. It's put it's, you under the It's a good campfire. Ewok transitiony type thing if your party gets sure. stripped up in a net and they're sort of trying to get out of it and then they realize that the natives are like a come, sleep spell. But that the natives aren't they're just going to kill them, but rather that the natives sure. are wanting to take them back to their leader. Easy alternative and trap. Sleep. Ninth level sleep is cast on the whole party. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've 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 tried to use sleep on parties like that before. Or calm motions. What a crazy spell to drop on a party. The baddie using calm motions on all of them. You know. Yeah. Well, at this point, how do you? What do you do? They if they fail their saves, they're, it not, hits they're not going to attack anybody. I've never seen a DM ever use calm motions on a party, but it could. Why not? Yeah. And if then, a, if like honestly, if the if the like the mage is like, I don't want to lose any of my men. Why are we fighting? Calm emotions. Stop fighting my men. Yeah. You know, and suddenly, okay, please let us leave. You know, there's no reason. I mean, of course, it ends if you start becoming hostile, start fighting each other again. But why not? You know, I actually might use that now. <laughs> and finally, of course, the idea. fourth uh, purpose is to slay a creature. This is literally to kill something. Usually, if like the owner has gone away for a long time or doesn't mind using lethal measures um, to prevent people. Again, this people could trap outside their home, you know? A moat with a faulty, again, a faulty bridge could be a trap. You know, those like little doors that go come up and down, depending on how you use them, could be a trap. Yep, you definitely drop people into your uh, tank of piranhas. Sure, absolutely. Where shark-infested waters are... Yeah, straps. Whatever. Those are pretty straightforward sort of traps. Sure. Um, and look, there should be, I think you should work on a mechanic as well in terms of how you want your players to have a chance mm. to avoid or evade or reduce the damage at least on the trap. Whatever you do with a trap, don't just be like, oh, you you touched the the trap door, uh, you've now fallen to your death. Like, mm. that's, that's bad. Don't do that. Mm. Yeah. Like, Every trap, at least if you're going to fall to your death, should come with a deck save. Um, if it doesn't, the, here's a bit of the issue, right? The, the, the players are going to blame you, the DM, for killing their character. Where if you have a dice roll in there, well, then they blame the dice roll for killing their character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, still. But still, the, killing their character should there be should the, be, on the There table should be here. some dice rolls in there. And if they, they player get, agency, they should be blaming themselves for their character dying. Yeah, I mean, there should be a, a few places in there where there was like choices that could have like changed the thing, or mm-hmm. you know, if, if some dice rolls if they'd gone slightly differently could have you know prevented things. Definitely, death should have should have a bit more chance to it, a uh, little bit chance to survive it somehow because you're heroes at the end of the day. Sure. Um, I mean, to me, that almost puts the question in a trap. Like, I I would never use a slay trap. Unless I knew it wouldn't kill my players. Like, I'm not going to kill my player with a trap. That's stupid. That's dumb. It feels very anticlimactic somehow. It should be in some epic battle or from the player's decisions that leads them getting killed, you know? Yeah. In that way, it feels like, damn, this really sucks, but hey, you know, no one's fault to blame but this monster and myself for getting into this battle, you know? Not that, oh, we were exploring the dungeon because that's the game and skirsplank. Exactly. We used to do these sort of games that were like meat grinder dungeons. I where That's so dumb. Essentially. I'm not just, to judge, but this not my game. You just, yeah, you, you go into it and the DM kills you and then you start another character in it. And now you know where that trap is. Dumb. And so you've, you talk you about how to get so by it. You just spend so much time making characters, and then, no? Well, no, because you just basically reset all your stats and change the name. Oh, right. I see. Gary becomes Larry. Larry becomes Barry. Barry becomes dairy. You just <laughs> right. keep going. I see. Um, it is dumb. It's a little bit like a video game that way, though. Like you just like reset, and you drop another quarter in, you start at the beginning, and away you go. Uh, ready player one. And you just keep going again and again. 
until you finally figure a way to get all the way but through. But how do we know what is deadly for a certain character? Well, this information is also provided to you in yeah. Xanathar's Guide. If you and are, I think if you also are a little bit we worry basic. that, hey, I don't want to be that guy who kills everybody. Uh, yeah, sure. Xanathar gives you some like, hey, don't don't make it worse than X. Mm. What's an example? Uh, there's some traps might have save DCs or attack bonuses that they use. Sure. Depending on the danger, it suggests what this should be. And then, of course, damage depends on character level. But generally, it says that a deadly trap has a save DC of 12, or sorry, a save DC of 20 and attack bonus of 12 in Xanathar's. And for comparison, uh, in in DMG, it's 16 to 20 and 9 to 12. So you see Xanathar's taking the upper end. Yeah. But... So what's a what's a sort of not deadly? A moderate trap is DC ten. Think of it as like a DC so bo- most average DC checks: moderate ten, hard twenty five or fifteen, very hard twenty, right? Extremely hard twenty five. So, so really for PCs under level nine or ten, probably a DC fifteen is probably enough it's, for your yeah, trap. It's pretty good. Um, I mean, if you are you're really kill, good saves, you're going to kill people. Like on you that sure. you're not kill them, but you're going to hurt them. And I suppose it also depends on the, the attack how much bonuses, damage you're going to do. Five, eight, twelve. So a little bit different, but that's the general gist. Right. Damage also is is now sort of a table of character level and moderate, dangerous, deadly. Right. The deadly side at lower levels is around twenty-two or forty, ten, and at higher levels can be anywhere up to over the hundred mark. Is yeah. generally considered deadly, although I know many 17th to 20th level characters that would not find 132 deadly. So what's uh, for level 10? Level 10, deadly is 55, dangerous is 22, and moderate is 11. damage. Sure, 10d10. Pretty crazy. 55 points of damage. Yeah, that's getting, that'll wipe out if you're, especially if you're not a, a martial class Mm. Uh, that'll take out a lot of your hit points. Imagine hitting fifth level and the DM just consults this and goes, I want this to be a deadly trap. All right, you take 55 damage. Yeah. And you go, what? Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, your bard at fifth level's got 33 hit points, something like that. Yeah, this 35. Although um, some wizards and sorcerers may be insta-killed by that. I could see that happening. Wait, I said your bard's probably insta-killed by that. Your rogue's probably insta-killed by that. Um, not insta kill they would be downed I'm speaking yeah. specifically it go- takes you oh, down to zero and, and then, then over, over your hit the, point the thing again. especially if there's already been things yeah. like that's definitely lethal mm. not just knock unconscious lethal but lethal lethal death and, lethal and that's those are the, exactly the numbers that as a DM you really need to know you need to know mm. where your players hit points I are. generally err on the lower side because any sort of setback is the main objective of a trap I so that when they so. get to the final fight they're injured yeah you know? I want them worn down going into the boss fight yeah. so they feel the tension of right. that heightened that way they don't blame um, the trap for their death they just it's a part of it it's part yeah. of that journey to the grave you know if at all because um, i don't want my players dying that's not yeah. the goal i think that that's i think that's better design mm. um overall um or of course if you are setting your big boss inside a trap space mm. right then you yeah. can also decide how much how much damage you want the the trap space to be contributing? Mm. Um, you could think of that like lair actions almost. Sure. Uh, well, we'll actually get into that in a second because I think there are stuff like that. But 
it's actually like says where should a trap go on initiative depending on its speed like some traps are slow where they go on initiative 10 or fast where they go on initiative 20 who are very fast they go on 20 and 10. so that's a complex track that's acting again and again and again sure, in through multiple rounds mm. and i like those traps as well i like the idea that there's sure. a couple of things happening and it, it's possibly building um round by round or it has to try and reset and you right. roll or a creature tries it. to reset it yeah again or, a kobold layer yeah. a creature trying to reset these traps i also the like fly. the idea of potentially your party rogue or somebody wanting to sitting cope. there trying to be the guy with his thieves tools or tinker tools turning it into their to, trap well they're trying to disarm it perhaps. oh sure Mid-battle. working working yeah. the trap while everybody else is trying to keep them from being hit right, right? that the, the thing is if they get hit they fail their check or have disadvantage on their check or something. Mm. And so everybody else has got to protect them while they're they're working the mechanism. It's in that moment where an arcane trickster or thief is very handy. Yeah. But I like the changing the dynamic like that, giving players a another objective in a fight rather than you are mm. fighting to the death. Yeah. Right? But this, like, the fight is essentially, you know, protect a payload or protect a, a character and get from, like, for a protector payload one, I'll have them try to get across a space with it and if they get to the other side um without it taking off damage sort of thing then then they sort of win if you will they right succeed at that um in this case it would be again the how much how quickly can you the rogue get it solved um and if they they'll notice some rogue get hit early on and then the rogue has to start again and then you're like okay we've got to protect him we gotta or her and you know let's let's find our way to get through mm. uh you know this as a team sure. and i think that sort of fun sort of role play adventure as well um yeah and that that sort of stuff does help then if the trap's got if it moves on a couple different initiative counts then uh, it, it feels like this legend like this thing just happening constantly throughout the battle you know here's some triggers if you're designing a simpler trap Design will uh, causes the trap to activate and determine how the characters can find the trigger. So again, keyword: how can the character, you know, how, they should be able to find the trigger, you know, theoretically. Here's some example triggers: a pressure plate that, when stepped on, activates the trap; a tripwire that springs when a trap is uh, a trap when it's broken, usually when someone walks through it; a doorknob that activates a trap when it's turned the wrong way; a door or chest that uh, triggers a trap when it is opened. Makes me think of a mimic that chest one. Yeah, which kind of is. One of the purest forms of trap. Yeah, mimics are are a, kind of cheap. They are a trap. Um, I, I like using setting them into scary little places that you don't expect mm. them, and they jump out at you. Um, it's a jump scare sort of. And again, use use cautiously. Like, don't overplay that one. Um, if you come up with a cool idea for where to place a mimic, just save it. Wait for it. You know, it'll be better if it pays off in the sort of on the long game. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, even in that, the, the uh, Xanathar's guide says here that some triggers are more obvious than others, right? Like maybe a trigger like a leaf hiding a pit trap should be spotted with a perception check, you know? Whereas a more subtle trap, such as a doorknob that triggers when opened a certain way, um, would require an investigation track to understand its nature, you know, rather than just noticing it, right? Because, again, that goes back to that difference of investigation to perception. Perception being noticing things generally and investigation being understanding its nature, you know? Again, they're kind of interchangeable to some degree, but 
think about it when you're you designing the trap about what skill should be used and then again what player has which skill you know or are you doing something specifically that the party doesn't have that the party does have all things to consider again passive perception investigation is important here could be important here in this specific situation more than most the dc of a check regardless of its type depends on the skill and care taken to conceal the trap most traps are probably going to be strength or constitution sorry uh, dexterity and constitution maybe strength if they're magical probably wisdom or intelligence charisma if they're being banished or possessed or something like that and we'll get to haunted traps in a second but yeah it, it, most of it run on this basic principle of five being very easy 10 being easy to moderate 15 and then of course that going up by increments of five to impossible at 30 right um they say crudely built traps probably have a dc of 10 to 15 devious ones might have 20 um and that most traps can be detected with a successful dc 20 check i would say even lower most things aren't going to be able to make 20 especially at lower levels so design that in mind i'd probably say high end would be 16 17 18 low end would be until your 10, 11, 12. rogue has reliable talents sure and then you make it impossible 30 where they need to get above their their average but until then don't be spiteful you must then put some thoughts into what the characters learn with a successful check sure i mean like what do you tell a player when they say something you know do you give the whole cat out? do you let the cat out of the bag or do you only say a certain thing like again is that when you initiate another clue that then the players think okay let's continue investigating now let's use logic and reasoning rather than just the check often players will just resort to another check which is then what's the point you know yeah and i think i think the, and again the idea i think of the important thing as a dm is a, as well and this is where the work real work comes in on traps is a description right and i think it's important if you're going to set a trap to write a well yeah i mean solutions may surprise you they may come out of places you wouldn't expect but have one in mind don't make a trap that's impossible to escape um and then uh but write a a description and then based on Mm. based on how good or bad their perception checks or whatever checks might be or yeah whether they've cast a spell to figure it out or whatever, how much of the description, like, you know, kind of write mm. it in a way where the first few lines of it are, you know, just simple a information. Bit, and, and then, then how further down you're getting more and more and yeah, more yeah, yeah. and more stuff. Um, and then you can sort of read to them as much as you want, omitting whichever bits uh, you feel they haven't, that the dice have sort of said, don't tell them that. Mm. And then, yeah, and then it goes back to the player's, trying out something um testing something doing something else interacting in another way to either find out more about it um or to try and disable it or remove it or Mm. bypass it or trigger it with mage hand or whatever (laughs) yeah and then after all of that we get to the effects (laughs) yeah what do you want which is one of the more important things what does the trap actually do we've talked about it all this time what does your trap actually do to people and it could do anything. I mean, sure. really. Most simple traps deal damage, but it doesn't have to do damage at all. I mean, that's the most simple level, but it could, like we sort of said before, think about does it serve the original purpose? Is it a net? Is it a pit? Is it a spell? There are many spells out there. You know, think about what spell it is. It could be something crazy like Magic Jar, you know? Sure. That's a pretty devious one, actually. I would not do that. It, it could simply teleport them somewhere. It could teleport them somewhere. 
Sure. Uh, out back to the entrance. <laughs> I know many frustrating dungeons that have traps like that, which are just teleport people here, here, here. You know, and suddenly we adapt to them. What what's going on? You know, or yeah. teleport or like crush, like teleport them to a room where there's actually a different kind of danger. You know, like the crushing wall, Star Wars style. You know, yeah. Where you're uh, suddenly no longer being chased by the guards and are now instead being squished. Sure. Um, in with the garbage. Exactly. Um, traps with more complex effects. Your best starting point is to use a spell equivalent by level. So this is if you're making a spell type trap. Um, if you're using a spell as a starting point, check to see if you need to tweak its effects to fit the trap's nature. For instance, you can easily change the damage type a spell delivers or the saving. Again, you're a DM. You don't have to follow or adhere to the spell exact rules. You can twist it. You know. Sometimes I have enemies cast Dimension Door using a higher spell slot, allowing them to target more creatures. I think that's how the spell should work. I don't know why it doesn't work that way. Right. I think it's an easy tweak at higher levels. You know, For each spell slot higher, you can add another creature to your Dimension Door. Why not? It's simple things like that You know, that you can do to spells. They could be literally ripped out of metamagic or not necessarily. If the range is too far... Sorry, not too, not far enough. Then you could make the range of the spell further. Why not? Doesn't have to be touch spell. If a creature normally has to be willing, now they don't. Things like that. So, um, magic traps. Now, this might be a combination of things. It could be a mechanical thing that sets off sure. a spell, or the the trigger might just be magical, right? It might just mm. be, you know, when six characters all enter the circle, boom, something happens. Yeah. Um, the, the Dungeon Master's Guide says that uh, disarming magical traps magical is, ones, right. is a, an arcana check. And that sure. anybody can make that arcana check. Sure, why not? Who, wh- 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 Which wh- is kind you... of an odd sort of way to go with it. Why? You sort of think about... Well, I guess it's not that odd. I mean, I guess suppose can it's Can any just... creature attempt to disarm a normal trap? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could make it a rule. If you find it odd, then make it so only spellcasters can disarm it. I don't care. Typically, those are the people who are going to step up, right? As sure. we role play, it's Typically. not going to be the barbarian who's like, "No, but if I they have to, arcana. if push comes to shove, they'll try and make a check, and they'll probably sure. fail." Um, yeah, I mean, it, like you said, with the the DC on a uh, on a moderately hard traps fifteen, right? So, uh, good luck with your arcana check. Mm. You know, grog the barbarian. Sure, athletics check could break things. Thieves tools can break things in different ways. You know, strength yeah. can literally like try and destroy a blade or, you know, yeah, a, a sliding block can be held in place or a net can be torn apart. Whereas thieves tools probably, you know, clog a valve or, you know, disassemble a needle mechanism or, you know, disable a tripwire. That idea, right? Here also in Xanathar's, I don't know if this is exactly the same. Um, but a magic trap can be disabled by someone who can understand, uh, undermine the magic used to power it. Typically, a successful arcana check enables a character to figure out how a trap functions and how to negate its effect. This might not mean the effect is immediately negated, though. This is, not what it, this is now me riffing. But I think that if you don't like the idea of an, anyone being able to dis, disarm magic trap, that at least an arcana check could probably tell someone what it means and sure. what it does. Well, and I suppose an investigation check is sort of the same thing, right? Well, sure. Maybe arcana could be used as the finding traps, finding traps, to finding secret doors, all this stuff's an investigation sure. check. And then there's sort of another component to, well, 
you know, what do we do now mm. to bypass this thing or, or somehow disable it? And and then you can either make that another role, yeah. uh, simply if you want to keep the game moving. Um, but you have to have roles with consequences, right? Right. So well, if, you if don't have going, to, but you can. I would suggest you do. So it's not There's just like, oh, are well, happening. all right, then roll. And, oh, well, you didn't manage to get past it, disable try it. Again. So sure. try well, again. Right. Well, then um, I suppose that the punishment, at its lowest form is that you can't try again. Well, I would say you do it and you maybe you trigger the trap or you do it and you trigger part of the trap or you sure. do it and... So, you know, another timer starts counting down or, right. it, you know, you're trying to turn off the alarm and now the alarm's louder when, <laughs> um, you know, you're trying to... I think it depends on things. how bad they fail, but... Yeah. Again, going off of idea in the past, whenever we... I think this is something we talked about as well. If someone fails something, there could be a success with consequences, you know, that if it's not necessarily one or two, failure. absolutely. Sure, you know, sure, the trap is destroyed, but... If you were doing your arcana check and you're like, oh, yeah, I can disable this, and you fail by one. Yeah, sure, you, the trap is disabled, but now the you, blade is... Maybe, or maybe you just, just, you just take swing, you know, a little bit of the, a little bit of you know magical damage of it, some sort, a little know, bit of force damage. Or is damage. it like the mechanism comes undone, your you know, thieves' tools are damaged, not destroyed per se, but yeah, damaged. That's always an option, I suppose, as well. Or you do the classic stress mechanic where you disable it and now you've got a level of stress which is essentially the idea of a minus one penalty for each level of stress you have to all ability check saves and attack rolls. What? Yeah. Don't you know this new stress mechanic? That's not, Van Richten's. I'm not. That's. Ugh. <laughs> you kids. You yeah. kids and your newfangled ways of playing D&D. Speaking of Van Richten's. Yeah. Um, I want to talk. Traps. I want to talk about Haunted Traps. Sure. Briefly. Um, so. Yeah. I, for listeners out there, you know, I, I, I like running the gothic horror stuff. Mm. Um, and there's a really fun, like, sample haunted trap uh, in there, which I, I just want to sort of mention. Sure. Um, and it's sort of, it, it, it's an interesting one because it, it shows you the difference between, say, a magical trap like we've been talking about or a mechanical one in Xanathar's where, haunted trap. where they're typically yeah. set sure. by someone to prevent you from hap like something doing something off. yeah yeah or instead the haunted ones are more like okay well this is something you're going to include perhaps in a room or a space that the characters are moving through and yeah they can more still... like a, a faulty floor in some way it it's, is it's like a magical faulty floor if you and will. they <laughs> they can still like so this i would imagine would take place in a perhaps a ballroom like an old of an old house and you sort of crack open the door and you see this ballroom now maybe some characters might at this point be wanting to you know, cast, I don't know, they might be, or they're going to cast Detect Good and Evil, or they're sure, going which to... It says here, work specifically for Haunted Traps. Or they, Maybe not for other traps, the, but the, specifically the for Haunted Traps. The Paladin whips work. out their divine sense. Sure. Um, and those would be things that immediately or would tell Eyes you of the that... the Grave, if you're at a grave to make yeah, cleric, something like, like that. Something that you're like, yeah, in fact, anything that would sort of give you a hint of desecrated ground, or that there was sure. uh, undead or spirits of some sort would tell you that this is a haunted space. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of like disarming it, this sort of thing, it's a slightly different sort of mechanism. You might even be able to use things like remove curse. Or channel divinity, it says or here. Dispel, well. Yeah, channel divinity. The same thing you use to turn undead or dispel evil or good might be spells that work on right. haunted traps. Um, but also it mentions that, and this is smart as well, that if you 
if you disarm a haunted trap in that way, because it's a haunted space, you're only temporarily de-haunting it, mm. right? Unless you perform some sort of major exorcism ceremony, um, you know, spend 24 hours casting that hallow spell or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to remain haunted. You're just able to get past it then. And there's one here, which I quite love, which is called Dance Macabre. And the idea is simply that you go into the ballroom and when everybody gets in there, uh, they start to hear a phantom performer, uh, perhaps playing a magical instrument. Well, it says it, it says that it affects a 24-foot radius sphere centered on an instant but pristine instrument. Sure. So there and could you could a have piano a piano or a harp or, or something sure. like that sitting in the, And again, here's some foreshadowing. Yeah. You know, that what's there's, this? Mm. The fact that it's ancient and pristine mm. in a room that's, that's, full room that's full of cobwebs. cobwebs or, yeah. That right away should be telling you, uh-oh, mm. there's something, something's fishy. And yeah, as they approach and they sort of get close to it, a performer appears or maybe even have a whole band appear. Sure. Uh, a ghostly figure of some sort apparates and begins to play. And everybody's got to make a wisdom saving throw. Not too hard, but DC 14. Yeah, but you could adjust that depending how high of level your players were. Exactly. Uh, and then if they fail, they float up into the air. Now This you could, is 20 feet, but right, again. But you could mm -hmm. have it, again, if you set a higher DC on it. Way You could higher. have it by, and if they had a high ceiling in the place, you could have them increase their number of feet up into the air by Every 10 turn, per, sure. per round. Yeah. And so the more rounds they fail at it, the worse the outcome's going to be. Mm. Um, and I like that too, the escalating sort of sense for the guy who at the table or the player who's rolled like badly three times, everybody's like, like face palming at this point going, oh my God. You know, they're trying to help them out, trying to get them down. They're almost they're like so high up. bumping at the ceiling. Um, so basically they're also, they're going to be under the effect of a, of a spell. Mm. Otto's Irresistible Dance classic spell and they're going to be joined it's by a a, by illusory dancers right spectral dancers no harm is going to be caused by the dancers but they have a dancing partner as they spin around in the grand ballroom way up in the air and it, i think this can be quite a beautiful sort of scene to describe almost mm. uh yeah. they all can roll initiative if they want or you can just like take turns uh giving everybody a, an, an action and they can repeat their saving throw which is great. If they pass it, then immediately the, the spell ends and they fall from whatever <laughs> height they're at. Now, if yeah. you're a monk, no problem. If, you're, if you've got Featherfall or your friends have got Featherfall, you're fine. Otherwise, uh, you take the one usual D6 falling for, damage. Yeah, 1d6 exactly. for every 10 feet. So at 20 feet, you'd be you know 2d6 of bludgeoning damage. Remember, falling is like one of the worst things for that for like it affects everybody in D and D badly except except, except with the exception of those who can somehow negate, slow their fall um, or negate bludgeoning damage, yeah. which is not too hard. But uh, yeah, you'd have to be raging in while you're dancing or have stone sure. skin. There's many spells. Yeah, you know, there's some help, ways around it. Um, and, that, hit points, and that's yeah. essentially, you know, that's essentially the trap. Um, you yeah, know, you. It also suggests that you know you could just try to convince. The, the performer to the stop, ghost playing, to stop yeah. playing. So your bard could be like, you know, talking them out of, you know, the whole thing, like uh, somehow. Or 
joins uh, in the performance. No perhaps, or, or upstages them. Um, I, I'd be performers. fine with anything mm. creative. And so you can maybe do contested with, performance checks. Yes, yeah, that could be it, very fun. That could be hilarious as well. And it gives the and the interesting about Van Richten's is it gives a number called the haunt bonus to each of these traps. Mm. So if I was to be rolling a contested performance check, I would just use that bonus number, just as I would use it if I'm making a save against it being turned or whatever. There's like there's so many different ways out of a trap mm. like this. But this is, again, this is a, a trap that is an encounter in a room yeah. rather than, and it, I mean, it's rather than something that's mechanically set up to do something. This is just, you know, part of the spooky mm. uh, experience of doing a haunted house or something. And there's many sort of others like this and ways to dream up more of them as well. But I think it's, it's just an important sort of subtle difference. But it, you could apply this to almost any space that, you know, outside of even the the gothic horror or uh, haunted horror sort of genres, you could be placing this in your dungeon, uh, maybe not dancing like sure. this, maybe not ballroom dancing, but there could have been some sort of tribal ceremony or some sort of thing that you, your players, you know, s stumble across uh, an ancient goblin burial site or something, and it's haunted. Yeah. And, and the that it's not an encounter where you're fighting goblin ghosts, but instead, like I said, you have to do some sort of either role play or other sort of um, social interaction maybe to mm. overcome the trap. And I think yeah. that's another fun way to change how a trap is sort of presented in your story. Definitely. I mean, there's more rules, of course, on complex traps and simple traps, which I think can be left to the reader to... You know, if yeah. they want to learn more about this or, or figure I mean, it out, I, I, I recommend checking out the Traps Revisited chapter of Xanathar's. Uh, the, it's in Adventure Environments, I believe, the trap section of DNG. Yeah. But I, uh, I'd recommend trying to put a few things together. Traps. I'd try to recommend putting uh, a trap condition starting to happen mm -hmm. along with uh, maybe some sort of small creatures or monsters that might be attacking the, the players that they also have to deal sure. with. The DC, the effect, of, the description of on it. On top of, yeah, maybe a social component somehow be, to it. Depending on the thing. Or yeah. Maybe more, you could convince the kobold to hop down from his little archery set. Um, you know, some way to sort of combine a bunch of things to sort of together, come up with like weird sort of ways that uh, the party might have to move or do things to... Uh, disable it or if you're doing like, like a map situation kind of make it clear where they all have to stand on it or something like they mm. figure that out or i don't know just come up with sure. sort of like really fun interesting ways that challenge everybody at the table to sort of like you know play a different part in in the in the trap um, yeah i think that's the most fun bit is when we all get a chance to to shine at our particular role in when that we're role playing Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Like Dragon, Like Sun. Uh, us talking about traps. <laughs> Hopefully you can put some in your game. Absolutely. And if it, it, it really, we could have talked for two hours on this if sure. we went through all of the various information out there. And tried that, to make our own. That's and, in the yeah. books for traps. On top of which, there is loads of stuff over on the dms guild yeah there's tons and tons of trap stuff out there traps are i mean it's it's and i don't think you're alone like when you say oh i've never really done traps i think there's a lot of people possibly out there listening right now who are likewise saying oh i've never really done traps 
I say go out there and have a really good look at this stuff. I bet you're going to come up with some really clever, fun, interesting ways to spice up your encounters, um, give your players a little something new and different uh, to, to, to contend with. Um, and yeah, have some fun with it. Exactly. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us. We will see you all next week. Bye-bye.